Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here in The Truth, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing great. A little tired, but how are you? I'm about the same as you. I'm a little bit tired. It's been a long weekend. Finally got some off days for baseball, which was huge, but still got a lot of uh, tiredness on me. But anyways, guys, we are here today with another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days. It is basically a runoff to my 32 teams in 32 days in the NFL portion. And this year, AJ and I decided to really hone in on the MLB podcast and get you guys team previews as well as position breakdowns and previews for the upcoming seasons, not only in the MLB, but for fantasy as well. This is basically going to be strictly MLB. There are going to be some fantasy tips here and there from different players, but mostly MLB as we're getting prepared for another MLB season. If you guys missed the previous three episodes, feel free to go check them out. We've covered the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Reds, and now we're going with the Pirates before finishing tomorrow with the Milwaukee Brewers. Pittsburgh Pirates, excuse me, are an interesting team. Last season, they finished 62-100. and 100. Same with the Cincinnati Reds. And going into this year, there's not much expectations for them, but who do you have, AJ, as their team MVP this season? Uh, for this season, their team MVP will be Brian Reynolds. He is clearly the best player on this team, right above Anil Cruz. Anil Cruz has the potential to be the team MVP, but Brian Reynolds just takes it for right now. Yeah, I think Brian Reynolds is probably going to be the favorite to to be there. O'Neal Cruz, obviously very young. I'd probably say him as my team MVP if it wasn't for Brian Reynolds. I'm going to talk a little bit about Key Brian Hayes because I think he's got a sleeper to potentially be uh, the team MVP. You know, Key Brian Hayes entering his fourth MLB season, I believe. He's 26 years old, third baseman. Alongside O'Neal Cruz, this Pirates team for the future doesn't look too bad. Last year, batted 244 with seven dongs and 41 RBIs. Wasn't the best of seasons, but overall, you know, playing almost a full season for him, you definitely like the improvement. Overall, a great player, but like I mentioned, um, or like you mentioned, excuse me, Brian Reynolds is definitely the best player on this team. So be curious to see how he's going to play. Brian Reynolds is still 28 years old. Um, He has three uh, waiver options left in his contract, so we'll see, but he definitely will be their best player. He also is probably going to be a guy that's potential uh, trade deadline target uh, for teams, so we'll see if he's able to not only stay in Pittsburgh, but uh, where he might end up. But for now, he'll be the best player on that team. Where do you think they're going to finish in the division this season? So, like the Reds, they're right th- down there at the bottom. I'm finishing fourth this year. I think Brian Reynolds, Neil Cruz, and a couple of their young guys will be able to step it up, at least just a little bit. Um, again, they're going to be at the ball in vision, probably 100 losses again, but I just have them right above Reds. Yeah, I have them finishing fifth. We had this uh, topic of discussion in the last show where we talked about Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. And honestly, at this point, it just seems like it's going to be a flip of a coin because they literally finished with identical records last season. And they're not going to be making these marquee moves that some of these other teams are making to, you know, contend for a World Series or let alone a playoff spot. So this is basically going to be a flip of a coin between these two teams and really honestly going to boil down to who's going to have the worst season. I think a lot of it depends on not only how they play, but kind of what they do when they're shopping, um, most likely, or not even necessarily shopping, but if they get rid of a player or two, like we mentioned Brian Reynolds for like a trade deadline or situation, 
But for both teams, the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates, they both have to be optimistic about their future um, and future prospects, which we'll talk a little bit more um, as the, the show goes on. But for now, it's definitely a, a tall tale sign. And all, honestly, for Pittsburgh Pirates fans, it's been a difficult couple of years. They've had a lot of key players leave them. Garrett Cole, obviously, a player that I thought of off the top of my head. But all in all, I'm really uh, not looking forward to a Pirates season. I can't imagine Pirates, Pirates fans are looking forward to a Pirates season this year. But I think down the line, they definitely have the potential to, uh, to, to win a division maybe. Just because the NL Central is so bad that maybe three years down the line, if it's this bad, they have a chance to sneak up. But this year, I have them finishing last in the division. Big name acquisition and a big name loss in the offseason. Um, so... I- on the pitching side, I only had one, and it would be Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. Not a huge name, but uh, they also picked up Carlos Santana. They picked, they brought back Andrew McCutcheon, which I love to see. He was one of my favorite players growing up. And then an underrated move or ad that they got was from the Rockies by picking up Connor Joe. Connor Joe, the legend himself. No, I'm going to go ahead and go with Andrew McCutcheon. As far as you know, free agency moves and pickups, it's <laughs> – not like they're going out and getting a guy like the Grom or whatever. I mean, they don't have really a chance to win. So you get a lot of these guys that are kind of in their later stages of their career. Rich Hill, I believe, is almost 43 years old. He's obviously up there. Carlos Santana getting closer to 37. McCutcheon's 36. Kind of crazy to think that McCutcheon's back in Pittsburgh. But as you mentioned, I think I, I speak for all of us when as Andrew McCutcheon was everybody's one of the, uh, everybody's favorite players. It's nice to kind of see a reunion here. Uh, with Andrew McCutcheon on his one-year deal um, this upcoming season. But we'll see. I do think that he will, you know, make somewhat of an impact. I think he'll primarily be used as a DH, and, you know, just because he's older in age. But more than anything, I think this move is just kind of like a fun move to to bring back a little bit of reunion. And then as far as a loss, there wasn't really too many losses that I think they really had that really, you know, set the bar, made a big move or whatever. But I'm going to go ahead and go um, kind of – an interesting one, just a minor league player up and down in Ben Gamble. You know, Ben Gamble uh, last year, 2022, he obviously is not a marquee player, but he had nine home runs, 46 RBIs. The year before, eight home runs, 26 RBIs, batted around 240. You know, with a guy like that, those aren't eye-popping numbers, but he fit really well with the Pittsburgh Pirates um, as far as kind of a destination for players to either revamp their career or kind of look forward into a new direction. So not at all a big loss, but they really hadn't had anybody that was a big loss for them. They actually gained a couple of players. Um, their biggest, you know, players that you mentioned, Rochelle Santana and McCutcheon, but definitely very interesting. you have any other ads or losses you wanted to mention? The only loss I had was actually I had no significant losses for a while as my, thing as like what I put down but Ben Gamble yeah it would be the only loss I really saw that they had I also wanted to go ahead and go for a little bit of an ad and that's going to be Austin Hedges a catcher from Cleveland you know is he going to be the next best catcher in Major League Baseball no but he's a very good defensive catcher he's 30 years old Um, again it's not like a big ad but it is something to kind of fill into the role there they have a lot of old veteran guys and Having a good backstop um, for, you know, these younger pitchers and younger defenders, I guess, for that matter, to kind of have some trust and in an area to fall back to, uh, to have success with, I think is going to be huge for them. But like I said, he's a good, solid player, can maybe get his back going a little bit. But a lot of these guys, especially the free agency guys like Hill, Santana, McCutcheon, they're all in these one-year deals. We'll see, but uh, Austin Hedges might, might be a good option for, uh, for the Pirates as a whole. 
What about your biggest bust on the team? Um, so I went on a broad uh, term on the first one. I just said all all the pitchers except for David Bednar. Yeah. Pittsburgh hasn't been able to develop pitching outside of Garrett Cole, really. Like, they had Tyler Glass now, but they traded him. They got rid of Cole pretty early in his career. They just haven't been able to develop pitching. So, until they do, I'm their biggest bust every year is going to be their pitching. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with a different round, although that's a very good argument to make. I'm just going to go ahead and say Carlos Santana. You know, Carlos Santana is older. He's almost 37 years old. He'll be close to 37 by the time the season starts. You know, obviously known for his power throughout his years. He's had two years where he's had 34 home runs back with the Guardians in 2019 as well as 2016. Really had the bulk of his products there. Last year with the Mariners um, and the Royals, you know, he got traded from the Royals to the Mariners. He actually batted his career low in batting percentage at 192. Did have 15 home runs and 39 RBIs, but getting traded from the Royals to a Mariners team that was really contending for a postseason now kind of falls back to Pittsburgh. It almost seems like a little, like, not, I don't want to say fun league, but, like, they, you know, you're not going to win anything when you go to Pittsburgh. You're just being able to continue to play baseball. I kind of feel like it's a similar situation, situation with Carl Santana. Even when he went to Kansas City last year, um, or the year before that, excuse me, when he got over to the Kansas City Royals. I think what's interesting about that, though, is the fact that, you know, depending on how well he plays this season, he could be one of those guys that ends up getting traded right back to a team like the Mariners um, who are contending for something bigger. But as far as the season goes, it's Carlos Santana. Has had a great career. I think he might finish his career this season or just not have as much of an impact. But who knows as well. The team's so bad that he actually might, you know, pop up and, and be a very contributing uh, factor. But this year, I don't think he's going to have very much success at all. Going ahead to our breakout player, who's it going to be for you? Um, my breakout player is O'Neill Cruz. Um, obviously going to be a great player, but I feel like his season – was underwhelming compared to standards, so at least what people had for him. Uh, but also, on the other hand, when you look at stats, he only played 87 games last year, had 17 home runs, four triples, 13 doubles. Yeah, he didn't have the highest average at 233 and a 294 on base. But I feel like if he's able to work on his strikeout numbers, he had 226 strikeouts to only 28 walks last year. Uh, if he's able to kind of control that and be able to sustain those power numbers and the speed numbers and cut down the strikeouts, I feel like he could easily be a top three shortstop next year or throughout this year. Yeah, his development into the major leagues early on is definitely something to take notice of. He obviously isn't great. Uh, well, I should, he is good, I, mean, I should say, but not like one of those great stars yet. But I definitely think the way that he's played, especially early on in his career, he is going to be one of those guys that's going to be one of the faces for uh, Pittsburgh and is going to be an opportunity for Pittsburgh to kind of build their franchise around and use him as like a franchise-type player. Or even when you have a guy like uh, Brian Reynolds, for example, too, throwing those two guys in the mix, you know, this could be a team that is definitely far from contending for something, but at the end of the day is still um, in the positive direction and still having those young guns firing up on all cylinders. I'm going to go ahead and go with a different route. This is really just like a hot take and a wild card. It kind of reiterates what you said about the pitching, pitching staff for the Pirates, but I'm going to go ahead and go with JT Brewbreaker. Now, JT Brewbreaker last season obviously wasn't good. The year before obviously wasn't good. He went 3-for-12, wins losses, which in my opinion, wins losses as a pitcher is one of the most worthless stats in all baseball. But a 4.69 ERA, 
the year before 5.36. So he obviously hasn't had a good start to his career, but I think as he's now getting more familiarized in the MLB, 29 years old, having a little bit more veteran experience, he's got good starting stuff. The issue is too, you know, you, you lose 12 games, three and 12, so be it, but you don't have very much offensive support too. And even getting some offensive support early on, can definitely change the perspective for a pitcher. Um, and as far as me personally, as a pitcher, you know, having your teammates being able to get you some more runs makes you more comfortable. If he's able to get that, have more success that way, I think those numbers will definitely be a bit improved. At the same time, I think his ERA is going to continue to go up as he's, um, you know, getting into his fourth season in the MLB. It's kind of where you see a transition from players who've had success or maybe not have had success in the minor leagues and a way to adjust. But then again, do I think he's going to be insane? No, but I do think he's got the best chance or one of the best chances other than a guy like O'Neill Cruz, for example, particularly on that Pirates pitching staff, which is god-awful. So we'll see uh, what kind of year he's going to be able to have for the Pirates moving forward. And then finally, your portion, the minor league player to watch out for. So there's two big offensive names that they have uh, at the top of their uh, prospect rankings is Henry Davis, who was the first overall pick a few years back, catcher out of Louisville, and then Tamar Johnson, second baseman out of high school. I believe was just drafted last year. Those are not who I'm taking. I'm taking a pitching prospect, which is kind of ironic because I just said they can't develop pitching, but Quentin Priester. He is a 22-year-old pitcher. He went from single A all the way up to triple A just last season. In the minors, he finished with a 5-5 record, a 3-2-9 ERA. Um, he only allowed a 2-34 average in 90 and a third innings. Uh, he just He's in the zone often. He's got a good fastball. Uh, got a good fastball and got a good curveball that really breaks off from it. He's able to really tunnel those two. And I think he will be the some of the biggest help to the to the Pirates this coming up season and seasons to come because if they're able to keep on bringing pitchers like Quentin Priester into their organization, they'll be good for the next couple of years. Yeah, what I think is kind of interesting too about that is the fact that, you know, if they're able to develop their pitching, which is like, as you mentioned, isn't necessarily the best thing that the Pirates are known for, but being able to get guys like that up and as maybe as uh, slowly into the rotation in the MLB as possible, that's going to put them in a better direction. At the same time, making the jump from single A to triple A shows tremendous growth. And I feel like that's only going to continue for him. And I really think that the Pirates down the line are going to be in a better shape whatsoever. That is going to do it for this episode here on the podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Big thanks to AJ Ponciano for hopping on the show once again as we continue to make our way through the NL Central. We have one more show in the NL Central, which will be the Milwaukee Brewers tomorrow, as well as our first position breakdown show will be posted tomorrow as well. Then we'll venture over to the AL Central Division before going over the AL NL East and AL NL West. But thank you guys for listening once again. As your hosts, Niall Hessen and AJ Ponciano, we are signing out. Take care. Good night.